Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Ribbon of Memes. This is a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by someone somewhere as masterpieces. But, but um, they were very drunk and we didn't get their name. <laughs> um, I am Nick. I am the. Well, I mean, I don't know what I am. I mean, I, I will point out that I have finally contracted COVID um, recently and lost my sense of taste, which may explain the subject of uh, this episode. Um, I am joined as ever by uh, Roger. The well, you know, how many people need a doctor lawyer? <clears throat> <laughs> and tonight we have a special guest um, for one time. I, sorry, that makes it sound like we're never going to have you back. I assume you'd always be welcome. I am back. hoping to um, survive the episode. Uh, oh. Many of our prior guests have survived the recording session. <laughs> Almost 90% of them. Um, uh, Shim, yeah. who is our fellow uh, Watson Hall and Ort, one of our other podcasts. But, but also and a subject matter expert for, for one of these films. For one of these films. Um, now, these particular masterpieces um, are almost too good for us, I think. I mean, I'm not sure we've, we've had such august films on Ribbon of Memes before. Um, but we're going to do our best to justify them. We are talking tonight about Mad Heidi and Velocipasta. And that venerated silence is, is what both those films deserve. Well, we thought, indeed... particularly considering the date, you know, what else could we do? <laughs> um, so, uh, should we start with Mad Heidi? These are both, uh, with, these are slightly jumping ahead of our regular schedule because Mad Heidi's step in here because my my role as i as i understand it uh, mm. having been i should add uh, recruited uh minutes before <laughs> we started recording oh, no, we, we talked about it briefly last week it's true and i, I didn't put say no at the time. into the podcast as uh was put into some of the films <laughs> yeah sorry that's very cruel of me uh, go along, go along, Shim. Explain your um, purpose. Well, I, as I see it, my role here is the the clueless bystander who has wandered into the village, um, and is saying, "Oh, that looks like an intriguing castle." Um, <laughs> and you are you are the locals uh, advising me why I should not go there. Uh, because you'll come to regret it. That's why. Yeah. So w- what? <laughs> I saw the names of the films when you said you were going to watch them. <laughs> I was obviously intrigued by it, but what are well, we dealing I, with here? I think, <laughs> being briefly serious, the, the, these are both examples of the we know it's rubbish, but we're going to make it like this anyway. Yes, they're, they're, tr- they're both trying to be uh, so bad it's good, it's so ineffable, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, really but, but that has become to... a cliche. It, they're over the top in the what was that? Um, oh, King King Fu or something? They were, but they're they're absolutely Kung Fury. Kung Fury yes, they're they're in the style of um, embrace the cheese, quite literally uh, in the term of one of these films. <laughs> um, um, so should we start? With that? Should we start with Mad Heidi, which is based yeah. on? Um, well, the lovely Heidi stories um, that we we may have all grown up with, um, loosely based. Loosely based. One of the characters has a, has a name that is <laughs> similar to in one the story. of the. <laughs> well, it starts with an open meadow. Um, it's a it's a um, a Swiss film. It's a very Swiss film um, to the point where everyone. Um, 
<laughs> describes the leader of Switzerland as our most excellent. What's, that? what's he? Our how do they Swiss describe leader. him? Our very Swiss leader. Um, uh, now this is uh, a gentleman um, uh, played by the really couldn't be anyone else in the film, Casper Van Diem, who you may have seen previously in Starship Troopers. Um, uh, chewing up the scenery in a way that I have seen rare, very few actors do other than Daniel Day-Lewis, <laughs> frankly. Um, mean, he's... He, he's, he's got it right. If, you know, if, if, if you're gonna have the guy, you, you don't, you don't, you don't hire this man and then say, could you give us a, a calm and restrained performance, please? <laughs> no. Um, he is the, uh, not only the head of Switzerland, but he is the head of a great cheese empire. Um, uh, and he is targeting, uh, under his autocratic rule, there is no cheese but his, and the chief villains of the piece are the lactose intolerant. Um, and anyone who's lactose intolerant is punished, um, well, by, first they by came cheese. from lactose intolerant, and I said nothing because yummy cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it even made me feel a bit queasy about cheese, this film, which is, which is quite interesting. Oh, I'll have yours. <laughs> um, I mean, is it? I don't know if it's worth a plot slumbery. What would you? What would you like to know? That is the opening. Um, uh, I mean, it is. It is a beautiful looking film. I'm going to say for a uh, a crappy B movie, it is. Um, uh, so this is an entirely crowd funded film. Yeah. Is that right, Roger? You do surprise um, me. Yeah. So 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 the um the the the. Uh... The true auteur nature of of the production comes through with no 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 corporate masters who had to be kept happy. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have the odd corporate master, um, but it is it's beautiful. I mean, it's digitally. I mean, I don't know. I guess everything's digitally shot now, but it's very high definition. The opening shot is like panning down uh, this cheese factory and seeing this kind of. Um, Nuremberg-esque, uh, well, no, it isn't really. It's a protest uh, at the cheese factory, but it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I was struck by how pretty the film is. Mm. So, they've, um, so they've, they've really gone to an effort to actually give quality visuals. They have. Um, if only they put more effort <laughs> into other aspects of the film. Well, you know, because obviously, so, I mean, some of these very, some of these films that aren't particularly trying to be good as such... Um, you know, they they are very very focused on. I I want to do a film with this scene, or I want to do a film with this gimmick. But it sounds yes. like here they have actually made an effort to try and make a film that is okay. Well, I think the gimmick. Uh, I I yes. Uh, the gimmick is really we have Heidi, but she's um a crazy bloodlust, chop things to pieces, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. My problem. I'm going to start to bring some problems in, Roger. Unless you want to add add something to it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a crossbow that fires RPG rounds. You know what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> um, my problem is for a film that is trying to be bonkers, over the top, grand guignol, um, a grand grand um, gruyere, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly some pretty graphic cheese stuff. Um, Sorry, I'll be I'll be back. I can't do it. I was going to do I'll be back, but I can't can't say it. Um, it takes a long time for Heidi to become Mad Heidi. Um, a good, I don't know. This is not a long film. Was it ninety minutes? Something uh, like that. Yeah. It takes a good forty-five, fifty, fifty-five minutes for Heidi to get mad. 
really pushing it into the second act. It's really pushing it into the second, if not the third act. And then whenever she does get mad, she almost immediately gets captured. Um, Even once she's had the great, great big um, power up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she so she becomes mad uh, on the strength of her husband's uh, husband boyfriend. Her, her boyfriend. Um, Jesus, sorry. Now you have to remember. I watched this in a fever dream with COVID, so the details are hazy as far as names go. What was his name? Cheese Peter. Uh, Goat Peter. Goat Peter. <laughs> That's right. Uh, her boyfriend, Goat Peter, who is basically the Swiss version of Huggy Bear. Uh, from Starsky and Hutch, if you can imagine that. Um, I don't know if you can, but if you can. You're, you're uh, younger than me. Have you seen Starsky and Hutch? <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know, the Swiss Shaft, but not really, because Shaft's the protagonist, I guess. Um, anyway, Goat Peter is, um, smuggling in cheese from abroad. He's got the better cheese and he is therefore caught by the authorities and done over. Heidi's not happy about it. Oh, they burn her dad's house to the ground as well. That's what um, Granddad's house, I should say. Um, but uh, he, the whole house burns down. He turns up again in, in with a sooty face, and that's, <laughs> that's the, the worst thing that happens to him. Um, but through all this kind of... There's a lot of... Oh, I don't want to say character building. <laughs> there's a lot of world building. There's a lot of cheesy world building. It's all... I mean, it's all... It's funny. I will say there are fewer cheese puns than you would think for a heavily cheese-based film. Yeah. I've already probably done more than there were in the film. I so mean, rest in cheese is not even a pun. <laughs> it was good. I did make me laugh, actually. Um, but I don't know. I thought there'd be more. It's absolutely a mental. The thing that threw me was... It's just throwing everything in. Yeah. And it doesn't really coordinate any of it. I mean, you know, now, now we need a women in prison, but we're not actually going to be exploitative about it because we don't no. have the time or budget, but we're, we're going to make <laughs> you think we're being exploitative about it. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I do applaud that. You know, it's a fine line between knowingly exploitative and just exploitative, um, <laughs> which um, I, we have had in, in, uh, I'm trying to remember what film did. Oh no, it's no, it's a game I played recently. Um, that it, it's trying to show um, uh, that this is a, a game that understands uh, what it's like to exploit women um, and how it's difficult to make them naked in camera. It's also a film that has naked women performing on camera, and that was a woman presumably was made to do that. And so, uh, Mad Heidi doesn't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of builds it up as if it's going to. And then doesn't really say anything knowing about it, or it just doesn't really... The problem is it kind of holds itself back when this kind of crappy B-movie, I think, really needs to be absolutely bonkers extreme over the top. Mm. Um, not with exploitation, I'm quite happy with it not to do that, but with gore and grisliness and craziness. I mean, and, there's, there's and... a bit where it looks if it's going to be a zombie film. Yes, and yeah. then when we get to the actual zombie fight, it's over in a, you know, a few seconds. Yeah, so he, uh, the the great Swiss, uh, the very Swiss leader invents um, a type of special ultra Swiss cheese, which turns anyone who eats it into a cheese dribbling zombie. Um, and that sort of built up a bit early on, and then yeah, uh, the cheese dribbling zombie turns up and then gets shot. <laughs> 
and that's it. That doesn't sound like a particularly useful <laughs> invention for a business person who wants to not, sell cheese. I, well, I, I, I think I the idea is look. that the rest of the world eats the cheese and then they become drooling zombies and Switzerland rules the world. It's not entirely spelled. I mean, I wouldn't examine the plot too closely. I mean, there there are some lovely bits. You know, there there is this slow motion to walk away from from the exploding villain base, during which there are a whole bunch more people that we've ever actually seen, and and you know, one of them's in a, one of them's in a wheelchair dragging a drip stand. And, and so <laughs> yeah, that, that, there are there are some there's some really funny bits um I, yeah i like the uh uh the cheesy one-liners but there aren't that many of them um mm. casper van diem is a joy yeah for the whole film i does um evil laughter like i j- j- he is the one that kind of gets it in the way that in the in airplane they they had to play it like they didn't know it was a comedy mm. um and that makes it work. And with this kind of film, you have to play it like you know exactly what kind of film it is, and you're gonna, you're just gonna embrace it. And he just does. He's just amazing. He's the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, say, say what you like about him, and, and I, I will admit I've not been terribly impressed by his acting in the past. But he he <laughs> he knows what sort of film he's in, and mm. he's glorying in it. I mean, I don't know if you either of you have seen Future World. I, I oh, do I've not... seen Westworld. I haven't no, seen. No, no, I do specifically mean Future World. It's um, <coughs> it's not very good. <laughs> uh, uh, this isn't the sequel to Westworld. Then no, it's a different no, nothing film. to do with it. Uh, th- this is. Um, I, I think it's probably a James Franco vanity project. Um, I, I cannot understand why any of the actual name actors in it would have been in it, but. Particularly, um, it, it has Mila Jovovich in a small part, which I suspect was filmed in one afternoon. Um, but she is the only person in it who realizes what sort of film she's in and has decided to have a scenery sandwich with plenty of mustard. That's what, that's what you need. Yes, for Van Dien's for. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and, and that, that's yeah. what Van Dien is here to me. Uh, we have Alice Lucy as Heidi, um, who, uh, I think, I mean, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't get it in the way that Mila Jovovich does, uh, Jovovich does, because she, I don't know, she plays it very, I don't really know, she doesn't really do a lot with the role. What did you think of her? Right? Well, I, I have this ongoing thing, and women who are able to heft large things around and fight and so on, mm. certainly exist. Um, but like men who are able to heft large things around and fight and so on, they do not look like slender model types. <laughs> um, well, there are some weightlifting women in here um, uh, as well. Yeah, uh, but, but uh, she's supposed to be wi- wielding this halberd and all the rest of it. And, you know, m- magic aside, she just doesn't have the build to do that effectively. Well, yes, yeah, so we should explain that Heidi is visited by the the spirits of uh, the forest. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly. Uh, it's <laughs> very absent, and uh, is trained in the ways of, I don't know, anti-cheese or something, and, and becomes this uh, 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 provocatively clad um, killing machine. Doesn't she? Doesn't look like someone who will be able to decapitate people with that halberd. Well, it, I mean, it works. She turns up to one of the the cheese patrol mm. guys and just. Massacres, and that's glorious. The way she just destroys them—it's fantastic. But then she's almost immediately captured. Mm. Um, mm. So that lasts about oh, no two minutes, and then she's in a kind of gladiator scene, 
uh, it just it never quite goes over the toppy enough for me. It almost works brilliantly, but it sort of leaves plot threads dangling and kind of um uh well, like Goat Peter, it's a great kind of joke, and he's great, this kind of 70s pimp type, but he's in Lederhosen, and he's, <laughs> it just, it's a great visual kind of... Uh, just the description is delicious already. Yeah, it's its amazing, and the fact that he is just um, this man about town who gives you, you know, he can sort you out with goat cheese. Um, but uh, when he goes, it loses something a bit, and there, there's no one quite... To, like, the, the granddad's in it a lot. I recognise him from a few uh, terrible films I've seen. But he's not... Um, it doesn't really... It doesn't really quite embrace... It doesn't embrace it enough for me. And consequently, if it's not really enjoying itself, like Casper Van Dien is, mm-hmm. uh, it drags a bit. I mean, it does... It, for a 90-minute film, goes on a bit, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, which it really shouldn't, given how no. much stuff is thrown in. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's absolutely full. The world building is spectacular. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it's a bit. Too, we have we haven't mentioned the the like um, chief of police. Um, it's just one too many shots of him laughing evilly. I think he does a good evil laugh, but too many of them. Um, what happens to him? He's disposed of fairly simply in the end. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's like a giant cheese guy in the arena. It's, I mean, I'm not going to delve into the plot <laughs> too much. Um, but even Casper Van Dien just doesn't really, it, it doesn't really get a great send off either. I think in general, what, what the sense I'm getting is there's lots of build up and then yeah. they don't really know how to resolve it. So they just resolve it quickly and go on to something else. Mm. Yeah. And if it was a bit funnier or a bit, uh, I, d- I wouldn't want grisly kind of torture porn. You need really over-the-top bonkers. This is a melon that's been painted with a head and it's absolutely full of blood. And there is a tiny bit of that, but not enough. I, I've seen better arterial spray in industrial safety films. <laughs> and it doesn't go, seen... it goes spurt, spurt, spurt. Kenny Everett. <laughs> Kenny Everett could do a good arterial spray in, in, in that. Uh, oh. It's... It's all right. Uh, it's a shame because it, it, it's kind of glorious nonsense, but not nonsense enough and not glorious enough. So mm. I've just had a quick look at the IMDb page. So it does. As, it, my impression is that most of these people are potentially Swiss. It's hard. Well, not, not David Sheffield. Uh, there's, oh. a, there's a lot of names in there which look to me like Swiss names. I cannot com- comment on specific people. They may be the crowd for I don't know. Well, Ma- Max Rudlinger, uh, who plays the chief of police, uh, was certainly born in Switzerland. Okay. Um, Alice Lucy, I have no idea. This is not. Yeah. This is actually not her only film role. She's been in two other things which I've never heard of. That's uh, the other thing I was going to ask about. Um, uh, but yeah, Schofield has, has. I mean, he's done a lot of TV parts. Um, yeah, lots of films one hasn't really heard of. Yeah, but it looks it 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 looks to me as though it is at least informed by Swiss people. Uh, so it hasn't gone like full <laughs> exploitation. I um, know. it's a parody know, of Switzerland. So certainly, I mean, it's... everything that the uninformed person would think of when when the word Switzerland yeah. is spoken is here, including cuckoo clocks, which were never particularly a Swiss thing. Mm. 
I mean, and having the Swiss flag, well, that's a big plus. Sorry. <laughs> See, these are these are jokes they could have put in. Um, uh, I, I agree with Roy. It's basically, yeah, if you've got someone to write on the back of an envelope... Switzerland. What, um, what does Switzerland make you think of? There is no cliche left unturned about the Swiss. Except the banks. Um, Oh um, yeah, actually, it didn't uh, it didn't have credit suites. That makes that that to me reinforces the this was done by actual Swiss people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and also like it. So it, I mean, this is these are not big name actors that are associated with this thing. Obviously, no. Casper Van Dien would be the most. I, I suspect though. most of the budget went for him. To be fair, mm, I don't yeah, think there was a lot yeah. of budget, but it was well worth it because he's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's uh, well. I I don't know if we've got more to say about Mad Heidi. It was well. That's the it, thing. It, it feels as if there ought to be more to say about it. But so much of it is well. You know, this is a parody of that thing. What actually yeah. is the plot? In as much as it exists, um, well, no. So Heidi's boyfriend gets killed. Uh, she, she thinks she, her grandfather gets killed. She gets locked up. Um, she's being. Brainwashed, trained to trained to fight in Jeez, the arena what? and or be the mother of the new Swiss race. It's not entirely clear. No. Uh, uh, she escapes, trained but, by absinthe fairies to become a a, a, a Buffy alike. Yeah, uh, to every goes into the arena, well. wins in the arena, uh, breaks yeah. into the cheese factory, kills everyone in the cheese factory, burns the cheese factory down. With, with so, I mean, there's. There's echoes of Nazism, but it doesn't really say anything about... I mean, it's not a film that you expect to say anything about mm. anything, but it just, it never quite... I mean, in Roger's Guns Corner, yes, those are uh, SIG 510s, I think, the actual Swiss Army rifle until about 1990. So, Because if you're filming in Switzerland, practically everybody you hire has one of those in his cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> that will make it easier. So, I mean... Because there have been films from some of the previous ones where you've gone in not expecting a lot and come out going, actually, this this does feel like it's got things to say in a place you weren't expecting them. But this yeah, is not, not one of them. Not Mad Heidi, no. <laughs> I, I think it doesn't. I mean, it's quite... not fair to say this is no airplane because nothing is it. Nothing is airplane, even <laughs> no, airplane no. two. So it just doesn't quite fulfil the potential it had. It's it's. I mean, there are a lot of. Pluses, sorry, uh, but uh, the uh, the world building is great. It looks beautiful. Casper Van Dyne's hilarious. It's too long for what it is. Uh, it's both too long and too packed with ideas that never quite go anywhere. Mm. Like the lactose intolerant uh, being the new kind of uh, persecuted minority is really well done, and I like that. Mm. Um, but uh, it just never quite never quite reaches the height of glorious crap that it needs to. Whereas our second film of the night, I want to say The Velocity Pasta. Oh, it is The Velocity Yeah, it, it does have a V in it. The Velocity Pasta. Now, what does that make you think of, Jim, when you hear Very that short film? sermons. <laughs> um, Probably true. Well, uh, what if I said to you, dinosaurs? Dinosaur chefs. Italian dinosaur uh, chefs. No, no, not pasta. Pastor. Uh, I mean, I would have thought it's pretty obvious this is a film about a pasta who transforms into a velociraptor. As you do. Now that now that you say it, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it, it's obvious I mean, in hindsight. We, we, we've, we've, we've covered Spotlight on this show. We, we understand about churches and the secrets they keep. 
<laughs> if that was the story they were uncovering, I mean, I was mean. I wasn't mean about Spotlight. I just didn't quite gel with it. I would have fucking loved Spotlight if it was about a, a philosopher. <laughs> about all of the clergy are secretly dinosaurs. <laughs> there are, you can find it on the internet. It's all there. Um, yeah, this is a... A different kettle of fish. So this wasn't crowdfunded. This is this is more like um, was uh, it, was it funded at all? Time travel. Well, uh, really. <laughs> apparently the, the, the total budget was thirty five thousand uh, dollars, which is less even than Primer. It may be our lowest budget uh, film, but Primer. Um, the, the, uh, the, comes... the, the original Mariachi was was cheaper, but uh, that was a, that was a very special case. Now this is a, a even shorter film. This is just over an hour, not very long, um, and it was it's it is an auteur film as well. I mean, these are based auteur films we have. I think it was based on a joke advert for a film. The uh, yeah, he he the um, I've, I've lost the director's name now. Um, uh, but, Brendan but, Steer. Thank you. Uh, he, yeah, he he made the trailer in twenty eleven. And then people said, hey, you should actually make this. Yeah. And um, seven years later, he had. Uh, yeah, he did. He made it in 2018. We have um, the story of the Velocipasta. We have um, the pasta uh, in question, played by is it Greg Cohn, uh, who is Doug jo- the pasta Doug Jones, um, who... The film won me over quite quickly, I'm going to be honest, because this is not a beautiful film. It looks like... The video quality is about the video quality we're looking at now, (laughs) to be honest. Slightly better. But it has um, uh, the the pastor, Doug, waving at his parents um, uh, as he goes off to pastor school. Uh, Or is he... He's coming out of church. He's coming out of church. He's coming out of um, and he's waving his parents who smile. Uh, and they're standing in front of their car, which then explodes and kills them both. But rather than worry about special effects, it just, it just comes up with a, uh, stock exploding. It just, it doesn't have stock exploding car for it. Just yeah, just, says, just the text, VFX car on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, that was just enough for me to be like, okay, okay. Oh, oh, this is what you want, really. This, this really did embrace the, the silliness of it. Um, so, and this is and, where... And uh, so, uh, obviously he has a spiritual crisis and travels to China. Well, that's what you do when you have a spiritual crisis. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you, you know he's in China because despite it looking exactly the same as every other part of the film, it zooms up close to him and he says, China. <laughs> Which, um, as well as it saying China, uh, it's it's well... It's well signposted. Yes, and, and, and this, of course, is why we brought you in, Jim, because as somebody who has been to China, I, I suspect you know more about it, and particularly their, their ninja tradition, than anybody involved in this film. Certainly there are few people who know more about Chinese ninjas than me, for obvious reasons. Mm. And the transformational abilities into velociraptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, the first couple of weeks we go through all that stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... it's China 101. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is, so for me, straight away, it's, it's gloriously over the top bonkers. Um, we know we've got no budget. We're just going to make a, a film. Um, it's, uh, now I complained that Man Heidi took a long time to turn up. The actual Velocity 
pasta takes a while to turn up. We'll come to that later, but you don't actually see him until the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the film. Worked in Jaws. <laughs> it did work. For, it for, for it much takes, the same reason. It takes the Jaws approach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they couldn't get the fucking thing to work. Um, I mean, it takes the hmm? same approach that we have claws and hands. I mean, they're obviously gloves and rubber <laughs> and rubber claws, um, but it works. I mean, it it, it is kind of a classic with creature feature type things of it's uh, I can't bother it's not show, it's not show don't tell it's one of those things like it's scarier uh, when suggest, you don't see it like the mm. Lovecraftian the unnameable uh, mm. your mind will fill in the blanks yeah until you actually see the true horror which is where Velocipasta really does shine I think um, yeah, so he he comes back home having been transformed by his Chinese experience and having been attacked. What happens to him? I can't remember why he becomes a velocipasta. Does he fall over into a velociraptor? I can't remember. Does he fall into a magical well of velocipastas? Uh, he trips over or something. <laughs> spring of drowned velociraptor. A random woman who is running away from people who have uh, mortally wounded her passes, passes him the dragon tooth. And he accidentally cuts himself on it. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, the cursed dragon tooth. Um, okay, so, th- so this is not home. a Ranma Nibonuichi situation. No, no, he uh, he's cursed. Um, well, he returns home, and as all weird creatures do, um, tries to live a normal life until he first transforms into the Velocipasta. Um, he uh, there is a hooker involved, obviously, uh, at this point. Well, not at this point. He transforms into the Velocipaptor and eats someone in Central Park or somewhere. I don't know, a park somewhere. Looks remarkably like China. Um, uh, uh, but he is China Central Park. I mean, uh, that's probably he a is. Thing. Uh, yeah, he, he's um, observed by um, Carol, um, the the hooker. Oh, she's uh, only doing it to put us off through medical and law school. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice touch. Um, her, <laughs> her, um, pimp is Frankie Mermaid, and I'm not gonna spoil why he's called Frankie Mermaid. I really think you should watch the film to discover the, the reason he's called Frankie Mermaid, but I was not disappointed by, by the <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> um, I, 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 that said, it does, it's an hour long film. And it sags a bit. It still drags a bit. Did you find that, Roger? Not so much with this one. Uh, okay. I, I think, possibly because I've seen a lot of rubbish director video ninja films mm. in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I get a very strong feeling that everybody involved in this has too. And that they're, they're yes. very much hitting the story beats. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, we do have a beautiful. Plus the. Eve- you know, American Christian dinosaurs never existed, and even if they did, I don't turn into one. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, what Carol has a great line when she says, "I don't know much about God," and uh, Doug retorts, "I don't know much about dinosaurs." Um, it's, it's 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 that level of um that level of uh, quality dialogue. Um, the so of course ninjas are involved. The ninjas uh, from China come over. They are uh, a, a mixed bunch of ninjas. Um, some of them speak entirely Chinese. Some of them speak with very different accents. Um, uh, so, uh, high, uh, praiseworthy levels of 
diversity, really. Well, it's a very diverse. Mm-hmm. We have a beautiful uh, evil laughter shot, which just goes on. I know it was done in Austin Powers, but it's nicely done here that it just goes on uncomfortably long for the henchman who's having to laugh along with the with the evil villain. It's um, it does it in a way that Mad Heidi doesn't. It knows what film it is. I think. Um, yeah. The feeling I was getting a lot of the time in this was, yeah, you, you know exactly what the standard story shapes are. You are hitting those story shapes and showing just how standard they are that yeah. we recognise them even when you do them a bit sideways. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah. In, including the overlong, over-edited sex scene. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh, it's nicely done. Um, uh, and then, the, of course, the calm after the sex scene, which is immediately interrupted by... Ninja's jumping through the window, which is also nice. It's just, uh, it does get a lot right. I have you to know, say. send a man through the door with a shuriken in his hand. <laughs> if if um, only Chandler had known about shuriken. Uh, we, we also get a Vietnam flashback. Oh my god, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his mentor, um, who, who's having, you know, du- dubiety about this whole transforming into 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 a dinosaur thing. He's um, not sure it's God's will. Um, re- remembers how how he um, yeah lost all his buddies and lost his fiance as well. What what she was doing in Vietnam is not entirely clear, but <laughs> she, she treated the landmine. So you know that's that. That is just my see. That is where the film really. So the scene is he's already reminisced with his mate about how he's missing his girlfriend, and then his mate just dies um, because it's Vietnam and it's a tragic scene. And then his girlfriend turns up and runs towards him, and within I don't know a couple of millimeters of touching him, she treads on her mind and just literally explodes like like a balloon full of blood. Just. Uh, and it's just, it's the level of nonsense that you need for this film. <laughs> She's just absolutely coated in blood. Um, and it's, and that's a good moment. Yeah. I, I think that for every genre except, um, comedy, if it falls flat, it falls back to comedy. Yeah. But if you set out to make a funny film and it doesn't work, then it just has nothing left. And something, something like horror comedy, where, you know, horror can already drift into comedy quite easily. Yes, yeah. I think it's really quite, it, it's quite impressive to make it work as well as it does. I think it works pretty well. I, yeah, I, I did find it dragged in a little bit. There were, I, I think, um, what do I, just some of the shots are less well cut and edited. So they just go on slightly too, just, I only mean like a second or two, but they just, the overall impression is it's, it's slightly, but then you have an exploding girlfriend all over. <laughs> um, and, then, <laughs> and then you have the reveal towards the end of the film, um, of the Velocipaster himself. Now this is the big fight with all the ninjas. One of the ninjas, of course, turns out to be Doug's brother. And we're revealed in all the beautiful, happy family scenes where Doug and his parents were all laughing and happy together. There was always a brother in the background who no one talked about and completely forgot about, didn't even know who he was. And uh, so that was a nice <laughs> reveal. But he turns out to be the chief baddie ninja. Uh, well, he's not the chief, but he's uh, the chief anti-ninja, I guess. Um, and then we get the reveal of the Velocipaster, which is just glorious. It is like if someone... Uh, had decided that Takeshi's castle game should involve a dinosaur chasing some of the contestants around a muddy field. Um, well, he didn't have the budget the for a Barney the Dinosaur suit, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, actually, it's, there's a strong resemblance to Barney sprayed green. Or, it, it's, it's just 
glorious. I mean, I just, it, it is of a level of um, burning car VFX. It's just, I mean, it's just... Yeah, you could, you could really see where all $35,000 went. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is sounding it, better and better the more you talk about it. It's it's what it needs to be. I with Jaws when the shark is revealed, it's actually scary. Um, I guess um, with for the velocity pasta when it's it's just a thing of incredible beauty. I just I was so excited to see this this thing waddling around the fields, um, beating up the and just and then it'll have like with uh, tail whip, with tail whip and with detachable ninja limbs that just sort of fall off because they go near the mouth of the Velocipaster. Excellent. It's just fantastic. The, the, and it, the impression I got as a contrast is Mad Heidi is randomly stupid, and that's quite fun. Mm. This is cleverly randomly stupid. Yeah, I mean, they're I think this guy is about two-thirds a genius. I think so. I mean, it doesn't, like... I mentioned Prime, and now Prime was our, one of our lowest budget films, and that is incredible because you don't even really notice how low budget. I suppose Mad Max was the other really low budget film we watched, and that's really clever in how it does it. Here, it's not clever in how it gets around the low budget. Its cleverness is we're a low budget film. <laughs> we're not even going to pretend that we've got any money. Here is our attempt. Uh, a pasta transformed into a velociraptor. I mean, I, um, I suppose in the same way that you can do incredible things in live theatre by not trying to do a big hyper-realistic performance, but instead by paring it down to what you need to convey the impression you want. Yeah. It's not quite that, though, because there you have, like, subtleties and just, like, okay, we're going to use this to represent a horse or whatever, and you get... But here it's like, no, we're actually going to try and make a, a velociraptor. It's just shit. And you, but everyone around is going to react as if this is this terrifying monster rather than this waddling, yeah, Barney the dinosaur, I like. <laughs> um, it's, there's nothing really... It doesn't leave a lot to the suggestive powers of the imagination. Um, it's just, I don't know. I'm laughing thinking about it, and to be honest, that is, that's what the film needs to do. And that's all it really needs to do. It's absolute bonkers. Um, but in a way, here we have characters who, who kind of get it right in the sense that they don't know they're in a low budget film. So they are absolutely committed to the roles. Um, hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. the other thing that I always like to see in a comedy that, that no, nobody here is playing it for laughs. Yes, exactly. And there's two ways. One is the really over-the-top kind of uh, Mel Brooks kind of style of let's just embrace it and let's be goofy, um, which can work if if it's well done. And the other way is the airplane way of let's we're not going we're going to play it completely straight. Mm. Um, Mad Heidi almost tries both approaches in a way um, and doesn't quite consequently doesn't quite work. But here it's um, oh, it's good. <laughs> I think everyone should watch Velocity Pasta. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, it did drag for me slightly. I could have done with tighter editing, uh, but it yeah, made me yeah. laugh out loud a number of times. And that's, that's when you're on your own watching a thing. It's rare that you actually, mm-hmm. you, t- you tend to think, oh, that's amusing. <laughs> but you don't actually laugh out loud generally for things, but it's certainly. The, the VFX burning car one made me laugh out loud within a few seconds of the film starting. So this, this is this is pretty high praise, honestly. By I'm, I'm starting to veer towards thinking it's a masterpiece. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, mm. 
It uh, certainly the, the, does what it needs to do to be a funny film. Steer has written a script for a sequel. I don't think it's actually getting made yet, but... Oh, please tell me the name of it. Is this good? Is not not revealed. See, even the name Velocipasta is... It's not... It doesn't quite work, but it doesn't quite work in just the right way. Mm. That It sounds like Sharknado or something, but it's badly done <laughs> I just I, I even when they even get the name right then I think that's it's just it's a notch up on the stupid level yeah because Sharknado it, that if works. it was a, a slick name that actually worked that feels like it wouldn't fit this type of film exactly it is it's kind of a that'll do uh mm. it's funny that'll do and it's a almost a placeholder name uh but not quite it, it's just yeah it's good it is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, now the question we always ask in Ribbon of Memes, are these masterpieces? Roger, what, what do you think to Mad Heidi? Mad Heidi, no. Um, I can see what it's trying to do, but it doesn't quite get there. Yeah, I think we've been, yeah. It's... The Lost Faster, I... Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think I think I would probably actually say yes. I mean, not in the usual sense of mm. yeah, great production values or anything, but it sets out to do a particular thing of, of parodying those low budget B movies, yeah, particularly yeah, the director video era, and it does it really well. There's a form of parody which is just like um, we're going to put this scene in our film now that was in another film, and so this is a parody. And that doesn't, that just doesn't work. And all the things like the, um, Wayans Brothers stuff and, um, uh, the, the ones that unfortunately Leslie Nielsen ended up towards the, the latter part of his career. Sometimes a bit of the Mel Brooks stuff. But I think here, neither Mad Heidi or Velocipasta do that. They really try to, I mean, Mad Heidi's always trying to invent a genre, but, um, uh, it doesn't well, the, quite the, work. The, the original objective was to make the first Swiss exploitation film. Exactly, exactly. Um, Velocipasta knows what it has to do and does it. And where they ran out of money, they just did it anyway. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I like. Ooh, I don't know if it's a. Uh, is it a masterpiece? I don't think quite for me. Uh, but it is. I, I think one of the definitions of a masterpiece is: is this a pinnacle of the form? And I, I think it is close to a pinnacle of the form of we are consciously attempting to make a bad low-budget film, and we know we are. In a way, Mad Heidi almost looks too good. I'm going to do the, um, you know, the, the classic post-purchase uh, email survey question. Uh, you know, you said not a masterpiece. What would it take to make this a five-star? I mean, a, a masterpiece. No, do you know what? Not a lot. Um, for me, just a bit of tighter editing. Um, uh, yeah, really not a great deal. It's very close. But if I'm like, if I'm totally honest, it didn't quite get there for me. But I, I'm very, I, for me, sometimes a masterpiece has to move me emotionally. But I suppose it made me laugh. And that's, that's one way of doing <laughs> that's it. That's an emotion. Um, I, I'm very close. I, I'm very close. But I, I, I don't. If I think of like Primer, which was made on a similar, which I genuinely that is a really good film. Um, 
Oh, I'm not I trying to like convince that. you. I'm just yeah, interested. No. You know, I'm interested in, in that. <laughs> what I think is tighter the... editing and maybe just a bit. Oh, I don't know. I don't really want any more depth. I don't want. I just, um, just maybe slightly more. I don't know. I was going to say slightly more silly, and then I got an image of the actual Velocipaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not much. Tighter editing, hmm. I think. Well, there we have hmm. it. It's, it sounds. You know, I, I, I have nothing but respect for someone who has a stupid <laughs> idea and then follows it through with extreme seriousness, as you might have... Might have... A shame, I can't imagine why you would have. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, yeah. But... Well, I think this will end this um, April the 1st edition uh, of Ribbon of Midnight, in case you're wondering, particularly why we have straightforwardly gone through all these films deliberately... Um, I'm surprised we got as close to a masterpiece as we did, given given the reason that we just picked these randomly as possibly the worst films we could think of to watch. Um, there we are. Well, thank you for joining us, Shin. Yeah, it's been lovely having you. It's been a pleasure. As the token person who doesn't watch films, I am always <laughs> delighted. <laughs> delighted to be on a film. It's, been, it's been lovely chatting. Oh, lovely chatting to you as well. There's a billion dollar bounty on your head, Nick Marsh. What are you going to do next? <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a film well that's a good way to lose a billion dollars <laughs> well there you go good uh, Good night everyone <laughs>